I'm Erin. And I'm Allie. I learned from Fox Television on Sunday night that I don't have to pay rent. And I am an Akita Evita. And we hate everything! Elizabeth Chan. Elizabeth Rye. Here we are together again. Here we are again, guys. Oh, man. What a week it's been. What a week. January has been a wild year. Yeah. I mean, mostly my week was spent building up to Rent Live on Fox, which then turned out to be Rent pre-recorded on Fox. And now I just feel like I'm still living in the aftermath of that. Right. Um, it is traumatic. I feel like um, air the show live with your boy in a wheelchair and do simpler camera choreography. Oh, gosh. I'm also just Girl, mad. I just don't think they could have done that. Uh, why? I have since I have since come around because the set was so complicated and all these different stages, and I had to climb up and down. And the camera was the cameras were all choreographed like. He could not have done it That's in a wheelchair. That's true. I also feel he like... He would have had to be sitting off stage in a wheelchair. I feel like we were missing out on a golden opportunity to use Mark's camera as a real camera. Mm. Um, so just, you know, for next time. Also, next time, get understudies. Yeah. Yeah. Although, again, to be fair, on Broadway, they don't start rehearsing the understudies until the show opens. Yeah, but so, no rules do not apply for live television. I guess not. I guess not. Look, you know, like we can't treat it like it's Broadway. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of bitching to do about it, but I'm not going to bitch about it on my podcast because especially after you bitched about people bitching about it. I bitched about people bitching about it, so I'm not going to bitch about it. Um, I you know what? There were moments that I found enjoyable. Good. I'm and glad we can find these pockets of joy. It reminded me of a musical that I loved when I was 12 and that's always great yeah I forgot I didn't forget how magical it is how could you forget but it just reminded me that like I really loved this musical I really did also shout out to everyone's mom for listening to us uh, scream belt rent lyrics growing up if you are a theater child of a certain age I want you to just call your mother and say thank you for listening to me scream belt about drug addiction and sex before I hit puberty and AIDS and AIDS full AIDS thank you for listening to me belt about AIDS thanks mom good job Erin what are we not drinking (laughs) well we are not drinking tonight look y'all many of you have been on this journey with me for quite some time Uh we're on the headache journey and after last week when we had a little bit of wine Yes. A, a fully normal adult amount of wine. Right. Two glasses. I had the worst headache of my life on Tuesday. Of your I don't think life? I even told you that. Not maybe not of my entire life, but like literally one of the worst. Like one of the ones where it just like debilitates me, sidelines me all day, and I can't do anything. Which doesn't happen to me that often. I'm usually operating around like a, a five on the pain scale of headache. And right. this like went up to like a nine for the whole day. So that was just super fun. So um, I'm not really drinking right now. So Got instead. It. What are we eating? What are we eating? What are we eating tonight? I don't know. Mm, well, we are eating cushy CBD gummy formula it is uh we've each had 10 milligrams of cbd i love cbd this is very precise i've never done this before 
no CBD, uh, anything. I've never had CBD oil, gummies, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a new experience. Um, I love CBD because it has no THC and you can therefore just like buy it at a mall kiosk, which is what I did in the great state of New Jersey. You can like order lotion on Amazon. Like it's magical. It's all the cool, like calm your ass down parts of weed without actually getting high. Well, I got this because a, it's something I've been looking at trying for my migraines because there's some research out there that says, Hey, maybe it works, but we're not really allowed to study it. Thanks federal law. So, um, maybe it works. I don't know. Try it. Uh, which is super annoying. I'm like, I just want to know how much to take, how often, what kind, like no, no medicine, no medical doctor can tell me that. Right. Only like some random stoner can tell me that. That's true. Which is annoying. Um, and I thought, you know, tonight, like, why not? Why not give it a just kick things off? If it's going to be a journey, let's start this journey. Yeah. I so, do have for uh, depression anxiety and it does. It is very helpful. I find it to be a weighted blanket for my brain. So I hope it brings you a similar amount of relief. I hope so, too. And remember, guys, we're in California, so this is legal. I did walk no, into Aaron, a store. No, it's legal everywhere. I bought CBD? it in New Jersey. CBD, because it has no THC. Your family in Florida can order it on Amazon. It is huh. so aggressively legal. Wow. Didn't yeah. know that. I think <laughs> you still cannot transport it across state lines because oh, I did sure research cannot. that. But um, you but. could buy it everywhere is what I'm saying. So I went to our little local uh, weed store dispensary that's what they're called right yes guys i've never been in one before this you was, today was my first day sound like you know that like gif of steve buscemi and he's like what's up fellow kids you're like <laughs> i went to the weed store to buy a marijuana <laughs> that's exactly who i am oh that's who i am deep in my heart you're doing a good job mom tell me about that time you got high i walked in and they asked for my id and i gave it to them and i had a conversation with the lady about our rings and that was nice and then uh i went to the man and i said i would like cbd gummies please and i pointed to some and then he said oh do you want those or do you want these cushy cbd gummies and i said i do not know i've never done this before tell me what i want and he was like, uh, I don't know. They're the same. And I said, okay, I guess give me those because they're closer. In hindsight, I kind of wish I'd gotten the other ones because these were like weird to peel off. Yeah, the they little, were weird. Yeah. Like they're the other not ones entirely were, perforated and isolated. Yeah. The other ones were separate gummies that you would just pick one out of a bag like like a gummy bear which yeah. i just assume that's what they all would be like but this one comes in like a little box and yeah the gummies are all it's like one gummy with different little like squares it's like a hershey bar of gummies yes yes and you have to break them apart except it's not as easy because these are again gummy they're gummy guys are you feeling gummy. anything um i'm not really sure yet like maybe a little bit okay maybe a little bit it's we only just had them. It's coming. I feel it. Not that um, long. Ago. It's coming. Oh, and they threw in a blunt for free. Oh, yeah. We places have the best customer service. I was like, what? He's like, oh, you're a first time customer. You get one of these. And I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't. I couldn't see what it was when he put it in. I'm just like, there's something in my bag. There's something in my bag. What is it? And it is a it is a sativa blunt. I think it was called Blue Dream Blue Cream blue something. something it something. was blue so steve buscemi what i would do if i were you is i would light it 
um, take three good hits and then chill the fuck out. Like you don't smoke a blunt in one sitting unless you are my little brother and he smokes a lot of weed. I would never want so to dumb. smoke a whole blunt. And then what do you how do you store it? You put it back in that little case. That's why they gave it to you in that little case. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How convenient. Very nice. Very this nice. This is very nice. How did, what did people do before they got their weed from a place that gave you little plastic vials? Um, you got very inventive in your house. You just trusted the teenager that sold you the weed. Um, I went to college with someone who, like, put it in a mason jar. Wow. People are just so resourceful. Stoners are very inventive when it comes to, like, the upkeep and maintenance and, like, doing of the weed well i am excited to uh to invite my friends cbd and thc on my migraine journey with you me you didn't say that steve buscemi stop i did say it your friends my friends my new friends cbd and thc oh no they're gonna come with me you're so cool yeah. mom yeah yeah get on cool the party mom. bus get on the party bus cbd <laughs> okay hi my body's saying, let's go. Oh, but my heart is saying, no, no. If you want to be with me. What do you hate? I hate the double standard of consent. Do tell more, please. Okay. So, as you all know, I watch a little show called The Bachelor. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's a very small show that is just really kind of a cult following. Like, yeah. not that many people watch it. I think it's just you. It's pretty much just me and, like, a couple of my friends. And, like, honestly, I'm really worried that it's going to get canceled. But, you know, hopefully um, a streaming platform could pick it up. Like, Here's um, hoping. You know, like, maybe, like, a... Uh, like awesomeness TV or, or some, something like that. Surprise the shade of it all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so guys. something happened on The Bachelor. Apparently, I watched The Bachelor. Okay. And I have been thinking a lot about double standards this particular season because The Bachelor himself is a virgin, mm -hmm. and. He's 26, so, you know, he's not like a 40-year-old virgin. He is a young man. Yeah. And I guess it's not just consent. It's just the double standards of, like, respect. Like, sexual, like res sexual respect, I guess. Okay. I'm very upset because, A, number one... This entire season of this television show has become about this adult man's virginity. And two, we have some serious consent issues happening. I'm not caught up. So I'm just like, I'm here to listen to like what happened. Essentially, more than once now, a woman has run up to him and forcibly kissed him in front of a room full of people. Oh, that's fucked up. Which I think is, yeah, messy. It's messy. And one of the same women has also deliberately tried to make him feel uncomfortable sexually by putting a blindfold on him and then doing things like spanking him with a paddle, taking this fake hand and while he had the blindfold on, touching his body with it, including like running it all the way down to his junk. Yeah, if this were flipped with genders, this would very much not be okay. And I do, I feel similarly, especially when it comes to like 
the sexual expectations of men and like because we expect so much we like give ourselves so much freedom to just like be dicks and like don't y'all don't how about not like maybe just don't yeah i don't get it i it makes me pretty livid mm-hmm. that the the here's the thing the feminist movement is for everyone the patriarchy hurts everyone right men have just as much right to physical agency to agency over their own body Mm -hmm. and just as much right to give consent freely as women do and when we act like it's not a big deal when it's a woman doing it to a man we're actually just like handing all those idiots that think misandry is a thing like we're giving them a present we're like here's a gift for you to use against us open it up it's full of poison fire arrows and you've already got the bows right fire them at my face and like toxic masculinity does hurt everybody because we're coming at colton with like the whole game of the season is like get colton to lose his virginity and like if he doesn't buck up and put his dick in somebody then like he's an idiot this person on a show about finding love should feel the freedom to find love in an incredibly fabricated six-week situation that is like highly problematic to begin with but nevertheless like why are we treating him so aggressively different because he like has not had sex and we therefore like can make all these jokes and make him so uncomfortable for entertainment purposes and that is so fundamentally fucked up and you know honestly like he's being a pretty good sport about it and i don't know whether this like personally upsets him or not being a good sport how many times have like as women just tried to be a good sport he's being a good sport he doesn't have to be you know but as men too like how many times do you think he's been a good sport when guys are joking with him about sex and about him being a virgin and like how many times has he had to just like swallow that and like be a good sport it sucks it really sucks and maybe he doesn't care and maybe it doesn't matter to him and that's fine too but it matters to me that as a culture and a society that we're not calling these women out for being assholes they're being assholes like and i and i understand it is different it is there is a history of and it's the same thing as you know it's punching down right yeah. uh, versus punching up and i understand that i also understand that a you know 64 former football player with shoulders the size of watermelons is not going to be afraid of a 5 foot nothing blonde tiny girl who like doesn't even weigh 100 pounds yeah who's like spanking him with a paddle like he's not physically afraid however her her goal was to make him uncomfortable yeah that was the goal of the encounter was i'm gonna make you uncomfortable because aren't i sexy and you're a man so you should always want my sex no matter what right yeah that's fucked up i mean it's the same it's it's two different sides of the same shit coin because like if he were a dick all he would have to do is just like be a little too close to her and like that would be crazy but because the physical dynamic is in such a way like she has to really act out in order for him to be in danger. But either way, we're both in danger and we're both not feeling totally okay. And it sucks. And this is a person you're like allegedly trying to fall in love with. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fucked up. And I had a similar problem when I watched the movie Sierra Burgess is a loser Mm -hmm. on Netflix 
which was in some ways like at first it seemed like it was going to be a delightful teen comedy rom-com about an unconventional heroine right which cool i I watched this with you i think you did but i had serious issues with the part where the guy's eyes are closed Mm -hmm. he thinks he's kissing one girl and they switch him out and he's kissing the other girl and i think that is not cute it's not cute you're lying to someone that's they have not consented because they are consenting to a lie And they never addressed any of those issues of like how fucked up that was. Yeah. I think that's what made Sierra Burgess different than um, to all the boys I've ever loved before. It's just like one got to be really pure and like cool and cute. And the other one was just like a little messy in a way that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, And it wasn't even just that. It was just like the fucking movie. Yeah, But like your lead character was a dumpster fire and we're supposed to feel bad for her because she's like not as conventionally pretty as the other girl. But I'm like, you're actually a bad person. Yeah. Like you're being shitty right now. You're tricking this guy into making out with you who doesn't even know that he's kissing you and not exploring that in a way of like, oh, some of the things she does in the movie, she comes back and she's like, oh, that was shitty. Not that one. (laughs) Not that one. They just let that one go. Yeah. They just let it go. Like, oh, yeah, no, no problem with that. Everything else I did was like, uh, kind of bad. Like, maybe let's deal with it. But like that thing. No, it's fine. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's chill because it's a hot guy. And a not so pretty girl. If the, and the roles... only way we can get a hot guy to kiss a not so pretty girl is by tricking him. Exactly. When women do it, it's like, oh, I'm tricking him or I'm like pushing his boundaries. If this was a Cyrano situation and it was a woman and then like the uggo friend popped out and kissed her, we would have an extreme issue. I don't think Cyrano's cute. Guys, this is a problem with the narratives in general. I mean, A, you're not giving hot people enough credit for like being intelligent and maybe caring about somebody for more than what they look like. Hot people are people too, okay? Hot people are people too. And also, non-hot people, you don't need to like con somebody into loving you. That's not how it works. You're totally worthy of love on your own. I mean, to be fair. you gotta con somebody... They ain't worth your love. To be fair, that is totally how it works on The Bachelor. Like, you're definitely trying to con someone into loving you. Like, that's kind of the Again, whole point the of the whole show. the premise of The Bachelor is fucked up to begin with. Sure. But I, I just... And, and the fact that, like, all we're talking about is his virginity and the way that these women are just talking about, like, wanting to take his V card and, like, oh, like, the first time I fucked a virgin. And I'm like, if a guy was on television saying these things, we would think he was disgusting disgusting it's not cute and they all need to ask him why he's a virgin every single one of them i'm like can we just do a psa like can you just gather them all in the same room and say oh, they tried hey, to do that on everyone, the first episode this is why i'm a virgin yeah here it is also like there doesn't need to be a why because it just sounds like it hasn't happened for him yet. And we're also talking about virginity in a way where like it's a prize and like the women are trying to win that prize independently of like winning an engagement with him. And like, honestly, what the fuck are we doing? The whole thing is super fucked. And I just I just feel really bad for him because he keeps having to answer personal questions that he shouldn't have to answer. And I think if he were a woman, the men in the house would be more respectful than to 
continuously ask him why he's a fucking virgin. Yeah, and answer these questions in a way that is enshrined on television forever. Feminism needs to be for everyone. And if your brand of feminism isn't for everyone, including men, then it's not really feminism. If your feminism is not intersectional, it is trash. Yes. And intersectional, guys, includes men. Yep. Because feminism is about equality, not us being able to do all the shitty things that men have done for hundreds of years. Yeah. Fuck the patriarchy. Allie, I apologize for turning our podcast into an impromptu bachelor fan cast. <laughs> it's been pretty consistently bachelor lore. Look, it's really hard for me at this time of year because that is what my life revolves around is but Rent Live on Fox like and The Bachelor. it's a time of year when in reality you get The Bachelor and you get The Bachelor and then you get Bachelor in Paradise. There's only really ever like a three week gap in the calendar between any season of a bachelor franchise that is not true it's more okay. like a three month gap oh my they each last about two months and then you get a little bit in between oh my god i don't care we're examining the bachelor through a feminist the world is ending lens this isn't our podcast <laughs> what's not our podcast <laughs> talking about the bachelor it's not a bachelor podcast it is now bitch sorry girl Girl, what do I hate? Shit on The Bachelor. What do I love? The Bachelor. You can't stop me. No one can stop me. What do you hate? I hate that we don't talk about death. We, as in you and me? No. <laughs> we need to talk about death more in our friendship. Uh, okay. Um, no, just as a, a culture, as like a Western culture, um, we view talking about death as something that is like weird, bad, and like this weird superstitious, like I can't talk about it or the Grim Reaper will like come for me specifically or someone I love. Um, and also that it's just seen as rude that like this, me talking about death is pretty up there with like me talking about my transvaginal ultrasound. Like it's up there with no one wants to hear it. Mm. not necessarily like we're being crude and rude and bad this is uh surprising to me because i very much do want to hear about your transvaginal ultrasounds and i think you i've made that pretty personally clear invested <laughs> I'm lest personally we forget invested. i went to a cash only transvaginal ultrasound place and got diagnosed in with a ovarian strip cysts. mall in the strip mall off the 101 <laughs> directly off the 101 but um, I realized, and I'm going to talk about death on this comedy podcast because I've recently been in comedy rooms talking about death. I got brought in for to be the one to talk about death because that's what my spec script is about. And it's also what my novel was about when I was 17. This is something I routinely think of because it's such a normal ass part of life. And I realized that we all shut it out. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And I, it's coming into clarity that this is frustrating um, when I go into these rooms and I need to, to talk about it and we no one has a common comfortable vocabulary for which to talk about it mm -hmm. um, and if you're trying to make comedy out of it that's weird and then on a personal level when you're dealing with death on the routine like we all do and we all are it's doing everybody a great disservice to not be talking about it because this is the only thing that everybody will go through not necessarily dying even though everybody dies but everyone will be impacted by a completely devastating loss sometime in their life. And it's directly proportional to like how much we don't talk about it. Like the fact that everyone goes through it, I feel like is directly related to that. Nobody talks about it. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because not everybody goes to high school. Not everybody has a baby. Not everybody falls in love. And like, we're all cool talking about all these things. 
you'd think this would be a common experience that we all could like connect over. Right. But you're totally right. It's it's a very um maybe it's because it's so big. Maybe. But it seems like it's very private. But why? That's a great question. Why? Why is like this the thing that we keep for to ourselves and then you're in this like weird shame closet because you're feeling a weird feeling that doesn't necessarily end maybe ever. And who knows? We're just like making guesses right now because there's not a comfortable way that we can share in grief that we're going through to be there with for someone who is grieving. Like there's no common cultural vocabulary or emotional dexterity that we have to do this and so that's been going on within my career and then like personally like my great uncle died my mom called me to say one of her friend's husbands just died there's been a lot of death that's happening Mm -hmm. um because that's a normal ass part of life and talking about it personally and talking about it within my career doing double talking about it for about two months at this point is just like it's burning me in or like burning me out I'm just having a lot of real clear thoughts about death. You're burned in and you're burned out. I'm so burned. You're so burned that you can't decide if it's in or out. You're burned everywhere. Right. And I think that the only real clear way we have to talk about death is everybody being, everybody on the outskirts of the grief circle being very pragmatic and dogmatic about this and like everything happens for a reason and Mm. like they're in a better place and Mm. like that the only acceptable way we have to talk about death is by immediately processing and ingesting this and turning these death lemons into lemonade and then serving it to people like that feels like such icky trash garbage yeah yeah no one wants to hear that shit are you kidding let the thing be weird and sad and be weird and sad for however long you need to be weird and sad and be many different flavors of weird and sad I feel like we don't talk about it because the whole thing around it is uncomfortable and we would like to pretend that it's not happening or that it will never happen and that not talking about it means that it won't come like some kind of reverse ass Beetlejuice but that's not how it works (laughs) yeah it's coming for you yeah, and like not not in the way, well, oh, wow. Because I realized that death is seen as something that sullies the life experience mm. because some life has been, you know, gone and missing. And, you know, that's that is the end of the world or it's the end of your world. But I, death, at least for me, is something that gives my life a lot of meaning because nothing is permanent yeah. and we're only okay with things being permanent like there's a lot of like forever and ever within um our cultural narrative about love especially Mm -hmm. um but that's not necessarily the case and i think this is this probably came into clarity because i found a really great love song that's just basically about like we might die and the fact that like you spend your indeterminate time on earth with each other that isn't that meaningful And like one day one of us will be gone. Yeah. Like, remember when I didn't want a dog because dogs die? Yes. Does that not make Shay the dog completely worth it? I mean, she'll she'll die. It doesn't matter. She's lovely. She's beautiful. She's part of our lives and she'll die. Yeah. And that doesn't make it less special or less good. She's great. Is that why dogs are better than people? Because they they have shorter lifespans? No. 
not because they die faster, but you realize that everybody grieves very differently. Like I remember when I was working some kind of event for someone's benefit because their child died, right? Very young toddler. And the person running it was like friends with this woman. And she was like, she likes talking about it. She needs to talk about it. When you meet her, look her in the eye and say, I'm sorry for your loss. Like, don't avoid this. And Mm -hmm. some people like don't want to avoid the catastrophic thing that happened. And I have friends all over my Facebook talking about their dead parents and dead fiancés and whatever. Like, blessed be unto you. You do that. Go for it. But I think part of what makes me very angry is that we... Not that just that we don't talk about it, but that when we do talk about it, we need to be perfect. Yes. And we need to be infallible. Yes. And we're very afraid of being wrong and, you know, justly worthy, like afraid of being wrong because like the stakes are very high around death Mm -hmm. and we don't talk about it. So there's no way to like have a conversation about it. I feel like the stakes are high on both sides. Like yes. whether you're the grieving person, you're you feel pressure to have like this perfect way of grieving where like I've dealt with it all in private, alone, and now I have emerged <laughs> a whole and and fully realized person and I've internalized <laughs> the lessons of my deep and meaningful loss. Or like and now I'm ready to talk to you. Yes, or like the sad that I'm feeling is acceptable for company. Exactly. I can cry in front of others. Exactly. I feel okay with this. Like, but you only, don't have to. only so much. Only so and much. And it's like, and if you, and then if you act like you're not grieving, or if that's not the way your grief expresses, is like by outwardly crying then there's shame around that part of it right. so it's like am i being too performative am i not doing enough am i grieving too hard for people but then on the other side the people that love you yeah. and want to help you are also like i don't know what the fuck to say to you because it's not something that we talk about and like the act of being there for someone sometimes feels rude because we're yeah talking about a rude thing yeah or asking for help feels rude mm-hmm. because you should be able to function like this because it's a part of life. And like, shouldn't we be all be able to function? And like, no. And as the person on the outside, it's like you, it's like, do I, do I bring it up or not? Because if they're having a good day and I and I bring it up, am I going to like wreck their day and like fuck everything up? Which I think most of the time the answer is no. Right. Or that, you know, bringing up this person is something that's going to trigger some sad feelings because I feel like, you know, being removed from, I mean, yeah, people's grandparents die, but like my grandmother in large part helped raise me when I was little. Sometimes you think about them and you feel happy or sometimes I thought about them and was happy and was also crying. Like when Carol Burnett won the thing. And like, I was thinking about like, we watch Carol Burnett and then like, I'm getting a little bit emotional, but like, that's just fucking part of it. Yeah. And like, I shouldn't have to shove it down because like I'm on a comedy podcast and like, I can't bring like my weird sadness into the room because it's been eight and a half years. Like grief is something that will invariably become a part of everyone's life, whether or not even it's, if it's attached to death, like you will be grieving something and we don't, talk about it it's like the one emotion that we're like lock this in a closet it's like a like um oh god what am i thinking of a fire extinguisher it's like only touch this <laughs> when you need it and when you touch it please punch your whole fist through it wreck your skin bleed all over everything and then just like be chill about it though <laughs> We want you to be so authentic and real, except don't reveal this. Yeah. This is ugly and no one can handle it. Yeah. And I mean, I 
I really do appreciate when people are like, there is nothing good to say about whatever happened. And uh, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what sorry for your loss means. There's just so much weird bullshit vocabulary. That means nothing that we have to do death. And I think we're doing a disservice by not talking about it. And we need something that works more better for us as a culture. Yeah. If we're going to pretend to live with this. I agree. We're not helping anybody. We think we're helping people by not talking about a weird feeling. Like no one talks about it because it makes them feel weird. And like, get over yourself. Here's a question. A weird question. Okay. A lot of times we put some of those experiences like death and like serious grieving into art. So people go to a movie theater or a play and they sit there in the dark with other people and they cry and they have this cathartic experience, which I think is good. However, do you think that because we put it in this little box over here that that is actually keeping us from discussing it as a a human like society and culture? That it's like only something we could speak about abstractly? Yeah. Or like, yes, you can see a play about someone grieving their dead child Mm -hmm. and you can feel and you can cry about it, but you can't talk about that with your friend. That's that's a that's a framework that we're okay with talking about. Like, yeah, I'm cool talking about Lady Gaga and a star is born crying her fucking face off right. at the end of that movie. We're comfortable with I that. cried with her. I've never been in love. I don't give a fuck. I cried with her. Like, like I understand that. And we're okay with we that. We all understand that. That's why it's in all of the art because we all understand that. Why don't we talk about it like it's a normal ass part of life? Like if Lady Gaga was standing in front of you crying, you would probably feel differently lady gaga very specifically talks about her dead aunt joanne constantly constantly she's never met her it doesn't matter it's a part of her life and it's oh fucking k do you want to judge her about the fact that she's like never met her go for it it's not your fucking job to police her grief the fact that she's okay talking about it makes you feel weird because you're not not okay talking about grief and death cool that sounds like a personal problem so I guess the moral of this story is get the fuck over it. Yeah. Everyone. Get- <laughs> yes. Yes. You are not preventing Beetlejuice from coming. He coming for Beetlejuice you. Beetlejuice is the Death Reaper. No, he's oh, not. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, yeah. I'm just- You've just said Beetlejuice three times on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, and now he's going to show so up. So he's coming. Whatever. If I If I die, please just like don't put this podcast out. It's going to go out already. So if you don't die, if you die in the next 24 hours, then maybe I'll not put it out. But um, if not, then like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I don't like that. I feel we're talking about it. Like I'm already bracing for judgment in a way that I don't feel like I brace for judgment when I talk about anything else. But I had to talk about death a lot for two months. And you know what? It felt kind of good. And if that's weird, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, because I was, I don't know. Yeah, you are high. high. You are high. (laughs) Stop it. (sighs) Guys, why is CBD doing this to me? I don't understand. Don't you feel it though? It's not the like, I'm fucked up high. It's just like all the calm down juice you (laughs) you need. I feel weird, y'all. I feel a little weird. 
My well, body. Welcome to it. My body Do you feels love CBD? Weird. Is that what you're going to talk about? It's not what I was going to talk about, but should I? No. No. I'm not going to. You know what I'm going to talk about? What? I'm going to talk about some motherfucking pins. Wait. Oh, my God. I brought these pens in to show you. Can I see them? Look at my pens. It says dual brush pens. There's a tree frog on the front. What Isn't are, he cute? What are we dual brushing? Well, these are my brand new pens. This is the muted palette. Uh, the, oh, what's the brand? Tombow. They're Tombow pens. Does this go with a special journal you're going to write in? They're basically like art markers for my bullet journal. We started bullet journaling again? Yes, we haven't talked about my bullet journal for a while. I've been doing it almost this whole time. I fell off a little bit at the end of last year, but my gift to myself for the brand new year of 2019 was a brand new bullet journal. It is a a Luch term 1917. It's German. Why are you talking about wine? I feel like this is a wine. It says things in German. Um, bitte zurücksenden That says like, that whatever. means if we find it, please return to. In German, yes. Why do we need a German journal? Because the Germans make superior products. This is fair, but like, and because I know you, like, did you look up like the best bullet journal and like look up the reviews and like what is the best bullet journal? Yes, I did. Like they aren't... <laughs> just different version of dots on bound paper uh yes i did what's Uh, the difference okay this one is supposed to not bleed through as much when you use fancy markers on it um also it it has dots i always like the dot grids there's not all journals come with dot grids well then how do you aren't the dots the bullet no you can do a bullet journal on any type of paper I like the dot grids because I can make whatever I want on oh, the literally page. this whole time I thought bullets were about like the like quote bullet dots. Oh no, Allie. Bullets are about what you put next to your tasks. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, Allie. That's why I was like, why are we treating this like it's different? <laughs> no, no, no. They're different. Anyway, I got these new pens to use with my new journal, and I was very excited because my new journal is a mossy green, and my new pens are, like, they're the muted palette, so there's, like, kind of a muted yellow, and there are two mossy greens, a light and a dark mossy green. What are your plans for these greens? Well, I already wrote my 19 for 2019, my 19 goals that I'm going to accomplish in 2019. I could not be more rebel. Multiple colors of green. And look, doesn't it look pretty? Come on, look at that and tell me you don't want to like do some shit. Um, I don't. You want to know why? Why? I don't do to-do lists. Oh, no. This does nothing for me. How do you do anything, Allie? I put it in my calendar and I set my expectations and time management accordingly. That's ridiculous. I know. Crazy, right? That's ridiculous. And yet I get things done, Erin. Somehow you do. I Somehow I manage how. to be moderately successful. I do not understand how. 
at all. I don't um, need it. Here's the thing. I am a person that needs to customize everything, which is why I have fancy pens in exactly the color palette that I want. It is a good color palette. why I had to research all of the journals that exist and then buy the specific one that I thought was right for me from Amazon. And it's also why I keep a dot journal. I have the dot grid so that I can make literally anything on the page. I don't want you to come to me with your what are these dream journal planner bullshit i can't fuck with those either oh my god no no don't tell me what i should be thinking about i will tell you what i should be thinking about i am thinking about these dots on this page and how i can connect them into miraculous shapes that will help me achieve all of my goals i like doing connect the dot pictures then you would like to have one of those journals and just draw random things in it but perhaps. you need to tell me what dots to connect so i just need a big oh i have to tell you what dots yeah to i connect? need a big book of connect the dots oh, come Aaron. on that's ridiculous here's what's amazing about these pens they're dual-sided which you mentioned earlier yeah one side is like a brush and the other side is like a little fine tip marker yes So you can use the brush side and do like beautiful calligraphy if you knew how. I don't know how. It also comes. (laughs) You brought those pens just in case. Just in case. Also comes with a blending pen. If you're using different colors, this pen looks like it's white, but you run it over the colors that you already used and you can blend them. You also can make them like watercolors if you just put some water over them. Isn't that amazing? I think anything can be watercolors if you water it enough. I thought I knew what I was going to say after that. And then you said, anything can be watercolors if you water it enough. I'm not wrong. You're, aren't you? No. Are you sure? Erin, think about anything with ink on it and then put water on it. No, you said anything. You didn't say any ink or any pen or no i meant any like any ink writing situation. utensil you said <laughs> anything <laughs> which i guess you know let's be fair i guess if you put enough water on something long enough probably almost anything would break down into some sort of weird paste <laughs> <laughs> Are we cycling back to talking about death? Are we misstepping? I think we are. are. We like because I'm, I'm at least we're stepping. At least we're stepping. I'm definitely talking about human flesh. Like why? Am I, why is that all I'm thinking of? Because it's I opened the door and you water. walked through it, babe. Thank what, you. Like it just like just I didn't go there. You did putting that. Putting your arm under water long enough, it probably would turn into watercolors. Your skin is waterproof. That's part of what makes this amazing. Have you ever gotten into a shower and been like, look, the water's running off of it? It's I don't crazy. think your skin would be waterproof if you just held it under the same yes, faucet Yes, if your body was years. decomposing in a river, yeah, not waterproof anymore. Well, even your if watercolors. You, even, if you, <laughs> even if you were alive, imagine you're alive. You're holding your arm under and a faucet. And just chilling out, decomposing underneath water. Forever. Or to be chill about but it. But you're alive. Like if I just got into a tub and raisin pruned my hands to shit. No, yeah. I was more talking about <laughs> running water. 
Couldn't you torture someone that way by it's putting them under one running? <laughs> no, you don't. You're not putting people under running water and waterboarding. Yes, you're putting you're their he- face in the water and taking them out, and putting their what face in the water and taking them out. Different than what you're describing. <laughs> Are you talking about holding someone's hand under a faucet? Like that's an option, yes. and like it would result in a different outcome than any of the other situations <laughs> we've been talking about. Yes, that is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about holding your hand right. under a faucet and just one little part of your flesh. So it was like the size of the faucet, like dime size, would start to just melt. Right? I think to humor your argument, I'm going to reiterate my point and say, yes, I think your flesh would decompose a little bit and it would run. Thank you. Cool. So these pens are all right. (laughs) These pens are cool. I'm definitely not using them for weird torture. (laughs) I'm not using these pens to waterboard anybody i'm not gonna waterboard you with my pens that would be a challenge (laughs) frankly we shouldn't get high and do this podcast we're not high but explain explain our asses explain this i can't explain it but because we're inebriated we can't be high i know we're not high it's impossible we're inebriated that's what they tell me they tell me it's impossible but why do I feel this way? Much Allie? like anything can be watercolors. If you just like put enough juice on like a cannabis situation, like for example, humor, like it's gonna amp. <laughs> the volume's what gonna turn up. <laughs> if you put enough juice on a cannabis, it's gonna amp. <laughs> why this are you is acting I feel like, like, like this isn't the normal way I talk. Allie, I only speak an abstract metaphor. Have you met me? We're in a Mad Lib right now. <laughs> if you put enough juice on a cannabis, it's going to amp. This is a Mad Lib. This is a Mad Lib. This is an Allie is high on CBD Mad Lib. What were we talking about? I don't pens. know. Your pens. The dude. only person these pens are torturing is you. <laughs> right now. I'm getting waterboarded by these pens. <laughs> Or potentially anyone who's listening to this podcast right now. I'm convinced that these pens are going to change my life. When I, when I write, yes, when I write the things in the journal with the pens, the pens are special. I'm imbuing them with special meaning and manifestation power. And when I write the things in the journal, then they're going to happen because I wrote them with the beautiful pens rather than the ugly pens. Does this make sense? No, but I, I fully endorse this like imbuing pens with magic. <laughs> Why I'm not? a witch. Shrugsies. I'm, I'm a, a witch, witch too. And I'm giving my witch power to the markers, the pens. The markers? They're pens. They're water based. They're both. They're blendable. They're acid free. They're marker pens. They're watercolors if you try hard enough. <laughs> they are watercolors. <laughs> and whatever. I'm fucking stoked for them. Come at me, bro. Allie. What? <laughs> what do you love? I don't know why that's funny. I hate my life. Because why? you're high, babe. I'm not high. We can't be high. <laughs> what do you love? Oh, wow. I love auditioning. And I realized that you hated auditioning a couple of episodes back. But I do love auditioning. All right. Fine. Whatever. Talk about it. I don't know. I feel blessed because I don't have a commercial career. So I wasn't like in the situations that you've been in because i do not like auditioning for commercials it sucks 
Yeah, it's pretty shitty. I used to hate auditioning, and then I was like, this is a problem if I want to for to be an actor, so let me get good at auditioning. And then I did. And then guess what? Auditioning is fucking fun now. And I realized that not everybody thinks auditioning for TV is fun because I've talked to people who are like, I might back out of this audition just because I don't want to do really bad in the room. And I literally got on the text and I was like, you cannot talk to me about wanting to be an actor and then you're going to back down from a golden opportunity. Fuck you. And then I was like, you will only be receiving tough love for me. I'm sorry. That's how I roll. And he was like, no, no, no. I love you. Like, thank you for saying that. I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah. So, you know, actors like, mm-hmm. do you just think about the amount of people who complain about something that happened within an audition room? And like, yeah, I get that life is frustrating, but like, surely not every audition experience can be like the worst thing in the world. Because if you want to be an actor, you need to fucking remedy this problem kind of ASAP. And once you do, you get to have fun and it gets to be cool and it gets to be kind of a low stake situation. To be fair, as a coach of actors and creative people, uh, not everyone is going to love auditioning or be good at remedying it. This situation, they those people have a harder path and they must find a very different way. There are people who are famous actors who are like series regulars who, who suck at it. auditioning and have never booked anything from auditioning. But if that's you, like, yeah. you got to do some wild shit to yeah. get there. I like doing it. I'm thankful that I got here and I like doing it. I had auditions today. Pilot season's kicking off. They're a part of my life again. I get to do auditions more. I think they are fun and I think they are delightful. And I feel like I live in a world where people are like, (sighs) so I just wanted to just like get up here and be like, yo, I love this. It's a cool part of my career that I actively enjoy when I become offer only or if like my reps insist on me being offer only and we'd be like, nah, bitch, let me be in the room and read. It's fun. I like reading. Offer only is when you don't have to audition. They just say, here's the role if you want it just for our non-industry. To which like, no, go and read. It's so fun. What do you like about auditioning specifically? I like uh, thinking of a cool, fun choice going in there and being like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to like do this character. I'm going to be this person. I'm going to like tell this story and I'm going to have fun because this is what I like doing most in the world. So I'm going to go do it and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to like meet people there and like expand the people who I know and like be friends. And God, I know people now in L.A. And I remember like not knowing anybody. I remember sitting in cast with another actor and then like multiple people came through the door and just like knew this one person. I was like, that will never be me. And today I felt like the mayor of CBS Radford. So I feel great. I feel like I'm part of a community and I feel like this is like a cool mixing part of the experience of being an actor is that like we all audition and like we're all a part of it you me and chad michael murray are just like in this waiting room at udk like hanging out being actors and it's great and it can be humbling because you're chad michael murray and like hey you're in a waiting room at udk with like fucking ali chance so whatever and i think part of what inspired this is there's an adage from um jenna fisher's book she wrote a book about being an actor And she says, uh, for every one yes, there are 50 no's, right, that an actor has. And I am a whack-ass nerd who keeps a spreadsheet of every casting offer she's been in. It's alphabetized, and it has, like, what show and what kind of role and, like, any kind of notes in this situation. And when you book it, you get to, like, make it bold and red, and then you go, like, I booked it. 
Um, so I ran my numbers today just because I was curious and I thought of that because I went on an audition. I was like, you know what? I wonder like what my odds are. So I went on there and my odds are out of the 61 times I've been in for television over the past four years, Jesus Christ, I booked four of them. So 6% odds, which is better than the 2% odds, which is booking one out of every 50. So you're three out of every 300%. I'm 300% doing more better than the average. That is astonishing. I feel great. You have kept such records. Part of why it's astonishing is um, the bullshit you just gave me about to-do lists. And yet you have a spreadsheet of every audition you've ever been on. Who are you? That's not a to-do list. It's a done list. It's a to-done list. It's a database. Oh, oh, it's a database. I'm just saying one would think that the same person who hates to-do lists would probably not also have a database. I function like an adult. Like I'm not sitting here being like a paper only person who just like willy nilly does not do their taxes and like does not make a grocery list. I'm just saying I don't make a list of goals and check them off. And I don't like have a list of things I need to do in my day and then check them off in order to freaking do them in my day. I just do them. What I'm talking about is keeping records of shit and like being a functional adult and if being a functioning adult means that like anything in a top-down fashion is a list then congratulations i make lists everybody makes a list do you know somebody who doesn't make a list what the fuck is the alternative making like a circle of words which is in a way a list i'm feeling a lot of judgment from you over here i'm feeling judgment from you i'm feeling judgment from you okay i don't know what you're judging i don't know if you're judging the fact that i do make lists of my goals or that some people don't make lists of their goals or the fact that i don't have a database even though i feel like i should i think about you're like personally attacked is this about like you want a database because i could just give you mine and then you could be like oh that's what it looks like and then you can make one that would just make me sad, Allie. Why? Because mine would be so much smaller. You're also retired. I am retired. It's true. <laughs> I've been on more auditions since I retired than I did in my entire career up until I retired. That's not entirely true. Yeah. But it's close to true. Also, 61 is a tiny number. I feel like that's a pretty big number. For four years? 61 television auditions. That's a pretty good number. Over four years? Yes. Think about how many that is per year. We can't do any math right now. This is no. Don't think about it, Allie. Don't think about it. Stop <laughs> a little less thinking than 20. about the it. The answer is a little less than 20. A little less than 20. That's not bad for a year. Especially considering that that's like when you moved to L.A. No, I, I, had a, shit. I had a little over a year without auditions. Which is normal. Which is normal, yeah. So it's about 15 and a quarter per year. And they've gone up since there's a it's also it's been a, a, a graph. The graph's gone up. I don't keep a graph. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a monster. I'm I don't a keep monster. a graph. I just have a database, not a graph. Yeah. How dare you? Oh, I just have a database and I calculated all the numbers to find my percentage. I have an alphabetized database and I ran an algorithm to discover how successful I did counting is what I did is I did counting. Well, you did a good counting, but you know what? (laughs) Don't shade me for suggesting that someone might use a graph. Don't shade me. 
How dare you? I just as as a one of the four tendencies of being a I'm a rebel. Um, so yeah, that's why every time I say something, you have to say no, <laughs> something else. Exactly, because I feel like we're all not okay with rebels existing. So like, anytime something happens, like any of the other three tendencies are like, aha, I have found you. I have found <laughs> you doing things outside of like a rebellious realm. You do a thing another person does. Aha. I do feel you that way. You are not unique unto yourself. <laughs> I do feel exactly that way. <laughs> so I know what that is. And it's not. It's just what fucking works for me. Well. Do I have it in common with some other people? Yeah. Cool. Fucking sure. Great. <laughs> I like auditioning. Leave me alone. <laughs> Fine. You and your pens can go. Girl, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, but me and my pens are going to go. You know what? We're going to go away from you. You're in your own house. Shit. Where I'm going to go gonna in a go? car and We're, leave. Well, me and my pens. It was just an expression. When I thought about me and my pens going, I thought about us going into the bathroom and sitting in the shower and me just coloring to in the shower. To prove a point? Yeah, to prove a point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. To prove a point. This is either going to be one of the best episodes or one of the weirdest, worst ones. Who cares? Who cares? You know what? Better to have tried something new than to have uh, just been a boring, lame piece of shit. Is it better to have stepped at all than to have stepped and misstepped? <laughs> I do not understand I think I tried sentence. to say something like that when I was talking about death and grieving, and I realized that, like, circling back to it might not have been the best idea. So, um, here we are. We had something that was made with cannabis and sugar, um, and now we're going to try to close out a podcast after having a big old fight with each other. It wasn't... A, was that your version of a big old fight? Yeah, that was... That was about... That's about oh how God, we do, Oh, my God. What peaceful Allie. existence do you live? No, that's our version of a big old fight. Oh. That's about... I was like, I feel like you've been in bigger fights. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitively, yes. In fact, probably recently, yes. Um, But I don't fight with you, Allie. You don't? No. We fight about pens that's what we just fought about well, what we were really fighting about was our tendencies yeah that's what I guess. was underneath it i guess you need to feel unique and special no i need to feel unique and special <laughs> i do did you run your enneagram See, type? you just said no did you run your <laughs> you enneagram type against my <laughs> exactly statement. girl exactly so did you run your enneagram type i don't know what that is i ran my enneagram type and um there is a personality type that like needs to feel loved and special and that's not me okay that's a type four i'm a type three i don't think you need to feel loved and special i think that you do need to feel like you're unique and authentic nope Okay, sure. <laughs> I can't say anything because you're just going to say no because that's your personality type is the type that says no. Thank you all for listening to this wild adventure that we have all been on this together. This podcast is now called Aaron Hates Alley. It's about to be, when I'm editing it, I guarantee you it's going to be called Aaron Hates Alley. <laughs> it's going to be called Aaron Hates Alley. Why did I bring CBD? <laughs> Why? Why? Why did I introduce CBD into this relationship? Why? What have I done? Who knows? Uh, you can find us on all the places. Yep. I'm at Allie Chan. I'm at Aaron the Rye. We're together at Aaron and Allie. Sometimes we do things. Sometimes we don't. <laughs>
Sometimes you can email us. All the time you can email us. I lied. We're at Aaron and Allie at gmail.com. You can also call us at 818 Left What. You can also email us a voice memo. Just leave us a little love notes. How we do, do people send those to us? Uh, very occasionally. There's nothing in there right now. Okay. But uh, you should email us. Like I um, there will be something in there, but only if you create it from your own mind. Indeed. You have so much power right now. You guys should all get high and you can change call the shape it. of this podcast. Literally. Well, not literally. Because it's waves. It's it's sound waves. Would you do CBD on, on this podcast again? Right now I'm thinking no. Yeah. <laughs> but um let's be honest about who I am. I'm gonna forget that this was a problem and no, in, you'll in about a month or two editing. yeah but in about a month or two i'll completely forget and i'll be like what a great idea that would be and then uh we'll probably do it again i hope i sounded vaguely coherent because i think uh, I, I don't remember some things that i said i don't remember anything we said except that watercolors are death <laughs> no <laughs> i think that's it it's anything is watercolors if you water it enough <laughs> sure but also like watercolors are waterboarding and you'll die i'm erin and i'm Allie, and, and we, we hate everything, everything. to make are we high we need to make we i shouldn't be high talking about this. i don't know we can't be high it's cbd what are we what are we we're high we're not high <laughs> <laughs>